Welcome to the MA Road Show, episode number 180. My wow. name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me in What's my up? hometown of Dallas, Texas. Dallas. Cold Coffee. I'm gonna tell you right now, this is a special episode to me. This is yeah, this is this is special. This is a special episode, not only because we're in my hometown of Dallas, Texas. Of course, I've been in Las Vegas for over a decade. I love Las Vegas, but Dallas is always gonna be where I'm from and where I represent. So that's special in its in its own right. But on top of that, we got to set the scene because this is either an all-time high for the MMA Roadshow or potentially an all-time low. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out exactly what that is because what's going on right now? <laughs> See, even Dave Jackson is calling me out for it right now. We are at Fortis MMA. <laughs> We're here to visit Safe Saud. Our good friend Safe invited us here to do the podcast. And he knows, he knows the drill. He, he knows, knows what, what we do. We he knows, knows what we're up to. We don't drink big, tall glasses of ice water while we're taping. No. So we are inside the gym. We're right here on the ground level, Fortis MMA, a fantastic facility. And you guys can find it at FortisMMA.com. But also, uh, Fortis MMA is 301 Texas Street, Dallas, Texas, 75204. All right. So there you can find it right on the map. Now, let me explain to you what we're doing. We have set up a table inside, all right? Literally right inside the door. In front of us. If I look in front of me, there is pro team practice going right. on right now, okay? The Fortis MMA professional team, they're, they're, they're drilling right now on the mat. They're, they're, they're doing their jiu-jitsu. They're doing the grappling. Behind us is, you know, just some amateurs going there. There's some people that are here working out. But doing they're, a little kickboxing. But they're doing some kickboxing, hitting the mitts, putting in work. And what are we doing? <laughs> Drinking frosty beverages. <laughs> David Jackson just it came does, over it here. It was like, feels awkward. what in the hell are you doing, boys? <laughs> Say, listen, we're doing what we do. It's the MMA Roadshow. So I, I, I'm yet to deter either an all-time high or just is, or just we have realized that we are just a scourge of the earth and it's never going to change. It's probably a little bit of both. Probably a little bit of both. But it's great to be able to, to come in here and see a gym that's operating at such a high level right now. I mean, they're getting – they're getting people into the UFC right and left now. And I think he said, what, 12 people, I think, 12 guys in has the UFC. now passed through the doors yep. and made it onto the UFC. There's going to be a few active fighters in here tonight training. We've seen some other guys coming in the door. Won't release names yet just in case we're not supposed say, to say we, anything. We saw a name that I was pretty excited to see in here that <laughs> isn't actually part of this team. Yeah. So we'll have to we'll keep that, we'll one, in the, yeah, keep keep that, that one in the back pocket keep right now. But let's just say sleep. Uh, it would be a nice move for him to come here. I agree. I agree. And we've, in the past, in case you guys are wondering what it looks like, if you go to MMA Junkie, you can actually do a search for Fortis MMA video that uh, we had put together uh, oh, uh, maybe last year, I think. Maybe last year or the year before. I want to say last year. Um, that gives sort of a tour of the facilities here. And they've kind of changed it up a little bit, but for the most part, uh, the facilities are laid out the same, but uh, it doesn't do it justice when you actually see the pros in there actually working, working the pads and yep. working the stuff. So uh, it's a nice man. That's a nice facility. So it really you know, is. If you're looking for training in the, in the Dallas area, this is a great place to go. Safe is a, is a fantastic coach, yeah. uh, former pro fighter. Uh, lineage dates back to to Jackson's uh, yep. old school. You know what I mean? He's running a great team out here. Uh, Intense coach, there's no question about it, man. You, you, you'll hear him. He, first of all, he's got three fighters yep. at USC 180, which of course is is why we're at USC 180. This is episode 180, Morgan. It's USC <laughs> 228, Woodley 228, versus right, Till. Right. 
uh, asterisk and or Usman uh, <laughs> is this week. But uh, he'll have three fighters on the card. He'll, the first fight of the night is Jeff Neal, um, also on the uh, FX prelims. He's got Charles Bird, who's going against Darren Stewart. And then uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, uh, yeah. who, who's been out here. Uh, I think it's, you know, he's uh, first camp, first full camp. He's trained, yeah. cross-trained out here a lot. But this is the first time he's doing his full camp. We'll get to that one because yeah. – Oh, man, I love that, that fight, him and Nico. Price. Now, did Jeff and Bird both go through the Contender Series? Yes. So so if you guys go back and watch those fights, I want to say either this season or last season, um, you'll hear oh. <laughs> you'll hear Coach on there kind of talking. So he's, he's or very if you watch LFA every weekend. Yeah, so he's, <laughs> y- you can't miss him once he starts barking out his orders. And uh, fighters always do well when, when they follow the orders. That's it, man. So he's having to say, all right, let's get down to business, man. USC 228. 228. Woodley versus Till, a fantastic welterweight main event. Now, I guess we'll just throw it out there. I do hate to say I'm hearing ticket sales aren't fantastic. It's it's not, you know, a huge seller. And I really don't anticipate it to be a big pay-per-view hit either. And I think it's a damn shame because yeah. I feel like the card, man, when we talk to people about Woodley versus Till, man, there's so much intrigue in the fight itself. Um, and, and, and then the card top to bottom, to me, there's so many fun fights in this card. I think it's going to be a really entertaining night. I do think there's going to be a lot of great scraps. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound like it's uh, necessarily going to be a financial success, but that's not our place to worry about. That's for the UFC to worry about. Yeah. Uh, but I love the main event, man. Uh, Woodley versus Till. And, of course, we sit down to record this on a Thursday night as we normally do. The big question still lingering in the air is Darren Till going to make weight? Now, by the time most people listen to this, I'm assuming, uh, you know, it'll be probably later in the afternoon on Friday. Right. We'll know one way or the You'll other. Know so for I, sure I don't want to spend a lot of time guessing because, again, it'll be done by the time we do it. But let me ask you because over the course of the week, and of course we saw uh, Darren Till last week in Las Vegas when he was at the Performance Institute, I feel like Darren has been patient with us and he hasn't been rude. But I think you can tell he's really getting sick and tired of answering weight questions. But I wonder, do you feel like, because it does seem like every story out there is about weight, weight, weight. Sure. Is it too much or have we been fair in the coverage? Because to me, it is a big deal. And, and But I have you know, seen some backlash that well, this is the only story anybody's telling. But I, I don't know. To me, it's a pretty damn important story. It is an important story. But I don't think it's the only story. I mean, I think if that was the only questions that came out, in his scrums if it was only, hey, how's your weight right now? Okay, thank you very much. We'll check in at the, after the fight. No, people are asking. I mean, I think there's still the buildup. I think it's, it's just happened so many times. Well, not so many times, but it's happened, it's happened where, you know, before. where it's built up and, you know, people were expecting the fight and then kind of got the letdown or, or just, you know, worried for him. You know, I think especially, too, after watching that very telling video of, of the last weight cut, People, I think, are generally sort of worried for his well-being. Yeah. You know, they appreciate his effort that he puts out in the fight, but also, you know, you've people have seen him almost go to lengths to almost kill himself to make weight. You know, nobody wants to see that. So, I think people want to check in because you know they want to know if that story is still happening. And the fact that, you know, any of us when we hear the numbers still in our head, you know, you're hearing 12 pounds when you're hearing 10 pounds still, and you're like, wow, what's well, tomorrow's weigh-in you know you're still like wow you got a lot of work to do still so i mean it is it is still part of the story but i think it's i I think it's fair to do that but yeah i mean i think it's the kind of thing too if he shows up on weight tomorrow and he's able to go in and perform people are gonna it'll be squashed you know people won't have a, a leg to to stand on for the next time you know if people do bring it up it won't they won't be able to kind of linger on it as much because right. he will be able to say guys yeah it was an issue at one point but i made it 
you know, let's and drop it. we should it. say, I mean, the, the whole thing with the issue in Liverpool, for, for anybody that doesn't remember, you know, he spent some time in the hospital that night. Now, I yeah. don't think we necessarily know all the details. I don't think they ever fully came out. But what we do know for a fact is that his girlfriend is pregnant. She spent some time in the hospital, and he did too. I mean, I, right. I think there were some extenuating circumstances. Now, I did hear some people speculate, well, the extenuating circumstances certainly added to the thing, but I don't think he would have made it right. anyway, but we don't know. Right, because he still other. treats it, and he still has mentioned that he made a mistake. Right. You know, when you're going to – when you're that's going interesting. To, you don't consider that a mistake, Yeah, right? when you're going to, to spend – go gr- visit your girlfriend, that's not a mistake. You know, I a mistake so is, is still sort of, I think – just the overall of how he took that weight cut in general. And that could just say, yeah, he made a mistake overall. Maybe not just that, but oh, You picked yeah. up on that too, man. Yeah, I once I heard that, I was like, okay, he's admitting. He's not saying like and, – and I think it, even when he did it, I think if that was really the, the main factor that was the final straw that he was – I think we would have heard him harp on it a little bit more. Like, guys, we've all had loved ones that have a moment of need. Like, you can't – I made a mistake, you know. But you heard it, and then it was gone. I agree. That's you know? it. And I get it. He's the type of guy that doesn't like to make excuses. You know, yeah. he, he got, you know, kind of chastised for his old, I don't care about my, you know, baby. I don't care. about You know, but that, that's not what he meant. What he meant to say was, I'm not making excuses. I'm not. So right. I know he doesn't like to make excuses, but you're right. It wouldn't be making an excuse. Like, you wouldn't have to say, I made a mistake. You could say, you know, we've all been in situations where there's things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. I, I Ah, see, I'm glad it wasn't just me. All right, no. does it take away from your excitement at all knowing that basically Darren Till is saying, uh, I'm not long for this division. So even if I win the title, like, I might defend it once, I might not. He's saying he wants to defend it once. He admitted today his coach was like, no, you know what I mean? Like, get up. Well, actually, he said his coach said he should defend it. He said he didn't want to defend it, that he just wanted to win it and move up to 185. Does it take away from the excitement at all, like knowing that this might be a, a George St. Pierre situation or something where it's like, hey, I'm going to win, and then I'm out? No, because, I mean, I think I think people are still excited for the fighting styles and for the two fighters. You know, like me, just I want to see this fight. I want to see, you know, if Tyron Woodley can be this undersized guy that hasn't fought in 14 months, you know, and, and bring down this huge prospect that every, everybody's just been the undefeated. High, you know, so high on, you know. So there's a great story in that. So the fact that if he does win and then just like, guys, this is too hard, I have to go up, it, it doesn't hurt me because the way that the UFC is done with their interim belts, with their just quasi belts, with their this whatever. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything it, anymore. It seems like it doesn't, it doesn't have the same weight that it does overall, like at least in the sense of like you're, you're used to these circus sort of crazy antics happen. Right. You know? And it just happened so recently, so it's not like it's like this crazy idea like, I can't believe I can't somebody believe would ever this. take a belt and then just immediately leave it. That doesn't happen. You know how you know Fortis MMA is a classy gym? They just come by and spray air freshener. I know. I thought it was because of us. They really did it right by us. It, it was us, you think? And maybe it was us. Oh, I don't Jesus. know. It could, it could be all the sweaty people working out, but I think it might be us. I, I, I suddenly think this isn't the best. I, I think this is the worst. <laughs> I think we're a little more. All right, let me ask you something else about Darren Till because, I, man, I love, I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm all in on Darren Till, man. I love him. I think he is She's a superstar. No, I'm, I'm still on the fence, man. My official yeah. pick is still Tyron Willie. But I'm just saying I'm all in on him as a guy. He's a guy I want to yeah. cover. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. a guy. I think he has that X factor. I think oh, he's he certainly fun. has. He certainly has it factor. He's and, and he's got he's got a huge uh, support base that's just yep. waiting waiting to get behind him. So in that sense, I'm all in on the guy. But let me ask you this. So yesterday in the scrum, 
Um, he basically comes out and says, well, you know, am I injured? Yeah, of course I'm injured. I always have some well, level of injury. And I said, whoa, 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 wait. You know, and he says, well, you know, broken finger, broken hand. And everybody kind of giggles, but he's not laughing. And then I look down, and his left hand is taped up. Like oh, he's Jesus. got tape r wrapped around his finger and his thumb. I think he was serious. I think there's a broken bone in his so hand. He's got to hide that from the commission. I mean, yeah, I think they all they normally – and God bless them, I know, but this is Texas. This is my home state. Yeah. It ain't the most detailed commission in the world. But, you know, normally for hands, all they do is just, you know, yeah, yeah, touch yeah. them. And, you know, I, so I think he can cover that. But I think he has a broken bone in wow. his hand. You kind of need that. <laughs> and it's his left hand. Wow. His left hand was the one that was right. Again, he didn't say – I mean, he did say, I have – a broken finger, broken bone in my hand. Fiction. And then every, fiction. everybody just giggled like, oh, he's laughing. Like, uh, <laughs> he's just kidding. And then he's, he's like, he doesn't laugh. Yeah. So he's not in on the joke. And then, again, his, his left hand is taped up. So if you want to see that video, it's from the open workout scrum. Uh, wow. Something to be worried. I, well, and I'm saying I'm all in on the guy. I appreciate the fact that he's honest. I appreciate the fact that he's so open. But right. I, don't, I don't know if that's a good thing. It's definitely certain. That's, I didn't know about it. It, it. it leaves me scratching my head. I'm like, wow. That's All right. crazy. So that was Darren Till. That's, That's what happens when you, the fighter gets a little dehydrated and just maybe says more than he really should. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we've seen it. Luke Rockhold, you know, yeah, I blew up my knee, but I'll still beat you. Yeah. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're not supposed to say that. Um, all right, so that's, that's Darren Till. Listen, I think this would be an incredible concert. I think he has a chance to win this fight. I do, man. Yeah. The, the power is there. Uh, the you know, The size. range. Oh, my God, the range. He's is got amazing. a lot of reach, and it's just the size difference. I mean, he's got that <laughs> that awkward, like, you, you see straight from, like, the, I don't know, the old old boxing movies where he's got that stance. His hands are real high up, yep. and he does now. He does that quick little uppercut and a couple little – jabs out of that which is interesting because when you know if you throw your hands up and you're waiting to do it and then Tyron ducks in for a takedown you got a lot of room distance to cover to bring those hands back down if I was Tyron I would look for that and especially if he gets a little tired and use All that right. as an opportunity to shoot let's talk Tyron Tyron mentioned you know I because I asked him you know and again not that any fighter should be absolutely laying out their game plan before a fight but I'm like listen I think a lot of people feel like you're going to need to use your wrestling here and he right. says no, no, I don't. I don't. He's like, when when do I ever use my wrestling? I don't use my wrestling. He's like, I, you know, I can strike with anybody. Uh, might be a smoke screen. I think, I think he probably should use his wrestling. I I know he believes that he can strike with anybody. I mean, he struck with Wonder Boy, right? I mean, he, and right. he can. But I I just believe that Till packs a lot more punch, and I believe that uh, you know Woodley kind of backing up and and trying to bait Till in and counter. I, I man, not to say that he can't do it. He's a fantastic fighter, but I feel like that's a dangerous game. It, it is. It is. Man, T Till has a lot. He showed a lot of power. That even if my biggest thing when he was coming into the open workout, if he was really, really struggling on the weight, I didn't think he was going to try to expend a lot of energy of throwing a lot of heavy hands. Right. You know, I could see where he would want to because if he was trying to cut, he was really trying to push through the wall and and, and force himself to do it. But he showed a lot of power still, and this is a depleted, still trying to drain, you know, starving himself, Darren Till. So that's some dangerous hands, you know. If if Woodley goes in there with his chin up high thinking that he doesn't have the power, that he's not there, it could be really, really bad. And, Very and, problematic. And, and, and Tyron, I mean, while he does have good head movement, when he remembers to do it, sometimes he gets engaged in this and he, and he kind of – just wants to get in this slug match, but he walks for it, and he's, when he stops doing that head movement, he's not going to want to take 
take a couple shots. He doesn't want to get cocky in the sense of Definitely. doubting that Till doesn't have the power to hurt him. Tyron's fantastic. I know he gets hate from the fans. I know he's not necessarily the most beloved champion of all time, and there's reasons for that. I don't, you know, I don't think Tyron can play woe is me. I mean, he's done some things along the way in terms of fighting and in terms of out of the cage that I understand people taking exception with. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. And here's my thing, man. Ultimately, you, know, you said, are you, are you changing your pick? Man, I was going back and forth. That's because when I break down this fight, when I see this fight in my head, I see every way that Darren Till can win this fight, man. I really do. I believe that he I believe that he can catch Tyron. I also believe he can outpoint Tyron in, in what unfortunately wouldn't be the most exciting fight ever. You know, some of those slow-paced, kind of counter-striking, patient-type things. You know, much in the same way we saw Darren Till and, and Wonder Boy back in Liverpool. Uh, but it's hard to pick against Tyron, man. He's so... Yeah. Damn good, and so to pick against the, the the reigning champ. Ultimately, I went. Ultimately, I went with Tyron on this man, yeah. and and uh, but I, but I I believe Till's a live underdog, but I just couldn't quite pull the trigger. Yeah, and it's tough. The odds have constantly been in flux. Yep. On this, you know, a lot of times you get these fights, and they kind of move, and they and they they move early, you know, and then they kind of settle in by this point. Usually, the odds have kind of settled in, but they still kind of. Seem, seem to keep moving, yep. and I want to say in Till's favor. It's being in Till's favor. You know, and so. I think part of that is his charisma. You know what I mean? I think part yeah. of that is, and I'm sure the English fans are coming in heavy with the money. I was going to say, money will move it. <laughs> you know, the, the lines will move. You put money on one side, the other side will compensate. Last thing I want to say about the main event, I want to ask you about Kamaru Usman. You know, we, we, we wanted to talk to him this week. We, the, the UFC didn't really make him available, and, and I understand. Um, but he's in a weird position, man. He's in a, in a, in a weird position to be cutting weight to technically be preparing from t for two different opponents because yep. you know the theoretical thing is he could slide in for either person and of course also having to be ready for the reality of not fighting at all and uh, while we didn't get to talk to Kamaru we did talk to you know all the interviews that we did we asked the fighters that we talked to what they thought about the situation and uh, if you haven't seen that video check it out it's on YouTube it's on MMA Junkie it's on Twitter we've put it out everywhere but I think the opinions that people were giving out, man, I thought it was pretty interesting to see. I mean, the, the, uh, the, uh, to a man, except for, I think, Nico Price, and the only reason Nico said don't worry about it is because he said, look, Tyron already said he's not letting you come in anyway, so just, just relax and enjoy yourself. But I think to a man, every single fighter said, dude, I feel awful for Kamaru Usman. Like, this is a, a near mental impossibility to do this. And... It's, it's interesting because it makes all the sense in the world from the UFC's perspective, from a business perspective. It does, right? I mean, it's, it sounds like a good financial decision, but when you really think about it, when you really think about what it is that Kamar Usman has to do, which is technically prepare for two different opponents at a championship level and also prepare for the reality that you're not fighting at all, man, he's in a, he's in a hard spot. This is a big ask, man, and, and I feel like, I mean, I know he's being compensated a little bit. I don't, he's not getting like a full fight purse. But it almost makes you think, and I, and I hate saying this, I hate saying this because Colby Covington should be next, right? I mean, he was the interim title right. holder. He's getting he got stripped Auburn. for this. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting stripped for this, so he should yeah. be next. But, damn it, I kind of feel like if you're going to put Kamaru through this, now you got to make good to him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I hate to say that for Colby, but in a lot of ways, I feel like the UFC almost owes him that one. If he's going to put himself through this and come out essentially empty-handed, I feel like he deserves that opportunity next. Yeah. It certainly, it certainly is a good, good, good point to it. I mean, I don't know. I, I still going back. Just feel so bad for the whole situation with Colby too. The fact that, you know, 
like who is it that joked about the fact that you know say if Tyron doesn't make weight you know what do we do make an, another interim interim <laughs> title belt you know you're taking one guy's interim belt away for this fight to happen and then you're going to create another interim belt it's just so silly but you're right I mean it it does feel like something should be on the line you know if you're willing to to have this guy be the 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 fill-in guy it, that's putting your stamp you would think that he's the next guy in line if you're willing you to go. give him to the be the fill-in spot you're you're already in a sense saying we have trust in you that you are our guy yep you know so why would that change after this you know it, re it really should be because if not it's like well, what was that all for you just want to pay me a little bit of money and have me lose weight to not really sort of follow to now tell me that i don't deserve to now a title tell me shot? that i don't deserve a title <laughs> shot that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How great would that be? Like, you know, Dana's at the post-fight press conference. Like, uh, is he the number one contender? Oh, oh no. I don't We don't know. believe he deserves it this time. <laughs> we'll have to go back and talk about it. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, it's an intriguing main event, and for more reasons than just the weight, but that has added something to it. Uh, listen, we had Till last week. You heard a lot from him there. Uh, we had him in a full uh, a full uh, media day scrum. Uh, but I did want to play. This is very, very short. Like I said, I think uh, – by the time most people listen to this, the weigh-ins will be done. But I did want you to hear the last few minutes today because it was interesting. It's either going to be a beautiful victory for him or it's going to come back to bite him in the ass because yeah. as we went to go talk to Darren Till today, he was chowing down on some blueberries and strawberries, which not a lot of calories in those two foods. I will say he was eating them very aggressively. Like you could tell There's a lot of natural sugars in there, that food yeah. a lot. Um, but uh, touch base them one last time. Just said, hey, we want to know about the weight. Tell us about the weight. And uh, here's the last couple minutes we got today from Darren Till. Darren, I don't think anybody expected to uh, show up and see you eating right now. <laughs> but They're all starving themselves. Is <laughs> this a good sign that, uh, I mean, you're, you're here at media day, you're, you're chowing down on a, on a cup of fruit. Is that a good, is that a good sign? I'm just, I, on, on th Thursday's always deadline day for me you know, weight cutting. So I like to do my training in the morning and then I like to see where my weight's at. And, and depending on their numbers, I either, I'll get a frown or I'll get a smile. So I'm smiling right now, so, you know, you, you can take what you want from that. Uh, as I say, mate, the next 24 hours is, is my battle. You know, so I just wanna, I don't wanna get ahead of myself. I don't even wanna think about the weight cut. I just wanna focus my attention on you guys, give everything I've got for one hour here. Go up to my room, chill with my girlfriend, and then my coach will knock on my door a few hours later. And, and, and it's time to go. I'll put my head on. I'll say, "Come on, Dan, let's get this done." You know, the quicker you, the, the harder you train, the quicker you do it. The, the, you know, the less pain it is, and it is pain. So let's see. But later, I'm looking forward to it. You told us yesterday you were 182 in the morning. Are you, are you willing to share where you were this no, morning? Can't say where that was this morning. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm getting there. It's coming off. So I feel good. This top is fucking hanging off me. So and I'm a 32 in jeans. I'm usually a 34. So we'll see. Hope tomorrow's going to be a good day. I know it is. It's going to be a good day. I know you said you know, hey, at least two more at welterweight. You want to win the title. You want to defend it once. But as you're getting there, are you thinking maybe this is the last one? I or are you still like that? I spoke to the coach. I was like, you know. Maybe this is the last one, and he's like, "No, defend it." You know, what, what he says goes. But you know, we'll see. It's just, as I say, I've been at welterweight since I was 18 now, and and I'm when I was at 18, I could come in on the Thursday, six kilos heavier, and just cut the weight. I, I was young, I could just do it. 
as I'm getting older now, I'm 25, I'm, you know, I'm coming to me prime, I'm strong as anything, I'm, you know, I don't lift no weights, it's all body weight, I, I train, listen, I train harder than anyone in this room, that's a fact, that is a total fact, I was at the institute twice a day, I never seen no fighters there twice a day, no fighters, and they're all just fight. I was cutting weight, like, I train really hard, I know I do, so, my body's just changing, my legs are strong, my upper body's strong, I'm strong. You know, I, I don't know how many fights I've got, but I'm definitely gonna go to middleweight soon. I, I just don't, this cut doesn't do anything for me anymore. I, I've, I, I've made it, I'm, I'm here fighting for the title. I set out at 18, fighting at welterweight. I've done it. Middleweight's the next choice now. Nice. Well, we won't see you again until 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. So, what's the what's the final message? Because you know everybody's worried. Everybody's yeah. thinking about what's the final message. Fuck everyone! I'm gonna put double fingers up, and I'm gonna make that weight 170, 169.8, some shit like that. I'm, I'm mean it. I'm, I'm positive. So it's on camera. <laughs> <laughs>
and just has that, like, she's got a, a very uh, inf infectious smile when she just talks. Like, if you had thoughts about trying to, like, have any, like, hard-pressing questions, they kind of go out the window. As soon yeah. as she starts smiling, you're like, oh, man, never mind. You've had enough shit thrown at you. I'm, I'm just, let's just leave it alone. Let's just leave it alone. But, uh, no, she's uh, she's been in really good spirits um, this whole week. So, you know, I, she's never been one. I mean, I think with a lot of these athletes, especially on the women's side, they do such a good job of not having any, like, the big weight issues that mm -hmm. we see a lot of the male guys have. You know, they're coming in. They've probably been on, on point weight-wise, you know, from the first or second day of this week. So, uh, she's looked good. She's been happy. She's been taken in stride. And she has a lot of self-belief. Yes. And uh, I think that goes really a long way in this. We in always this say that, you know, you can tell people that are trying to hype themselves up. And you yeah. can tell people that truly believe in themselves. And she yeah. believes in herself. She, believes she, in she her, has a lot of self-belief. And, and I, listen, no doubt about it, man. She's got an uphill road to climb here, right? I mean, right. I think there's a, a speed difference between the two of them. I, you know, I think uh, Valentina is, is, a, is a quicker, faster fighter. She can string together combinations better. Um, but Nico Montano, I will give her credit, man. She is not going to wilt. She is not going to go away easy. She is going to uh, – go I think she's going to make this a fight. And she beat legitimate fight. And I think people are quick to write that off. Now, I don't know if it's because – you know, people just didn't watch The Ultimate Fighter or what it is. But the people that she beat on the path to the title were legitimate contenders. That's legitimate. True. She beat proven veterans. She didn't beat yep. newcomers or unknowns. She beat proven commodities. Again, I went with Shevchenko in this, so I'm not trying to make the case that get ready, you know, folks are looking at this entirely wrong. No, they're not. I mean, Valentina Shevchenko is definitely the favorite for a reason. But I, I will say, I think Nico Montano is, is a lot tougher, a lot more durable um, than people give her credit for. And I don't know. It's, I, you just almost want good things to happen for her, as you said, man. She's you got do. that infectious smile. She's got that uh, incredible positive yeah. attitude. And, and you just want good things for her. Yeah, and she's really taken the mantle of wanting to be a representative of, of the Navajo Nation. Like, she is all about it. And I love when people – want to be that representative they want to be that uh role model you right. know it's given her extra fire you know and and she didn't look like she was lacking for a reason to push herself but now you feel like she's really proud to be able to go out there and try to educate you know us on customs and and the ways of you know how they live that we don't know you know i love how when she always drops the res she's like back on the res i was like oh man she's so <laughs> hip she's so hip man I didn't even know they called it the res. <laughs> a little controversy, I guess, this week uh, kind of came out. There was an article put out by Scott Harris at Bleach Report. I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know Scott Harris. I don't, I don't think I've met Scott before. Um, but one of the things he said was that, uh, and, and it was a direct quote uh, from Nico Montano, he said that USC officials told her she should come out in a headdress and war paint and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, and she said, she, she's like, no, you know, I don't, I don't want that. You know, that's not the way I want to be promoted. Like, I, yes, I want to take pride in my roots, but A, the Navajo people don't use that stuff, and B, you know, I'm not trying to be a meme of, of, of something. I'm trying to be, you know, yeah. I, I want to represent my people. Interesting note, I just I, I wanted to put out what little knowledge I do have because today she did an interview with Sean Alshadi from MMA Fighting, and she said that's not what was said. You know, I don't know why that was written. Um, I, Justin Gaethje on The Ultimate Fighter told me I should do that, and, oh, and the so coaches – Right, where it's like, hey, they said I should do that, and I said, no, I don't want to do that. I will say, just I just want to add what little I know. Um, 
without fully researching this, whatever, but I happened to be with a UFC employee uh, who saw that tweet come out when, when Scott Harris first teased it and saw that quote and was like, this is ridiculous. Like, well, we would never do this. Like, and, and even went so far as to say, like, we're the people that make everybody look the same at weigh-ins. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we make them wear the, the Reebok. Like, why would we go out of our way? So, anyway, I, I don't mean to throw Scott Harris under the bus. That's not what I'm saying because I don't know all the facts and I don't know him. And I know he said, listen, I've been doing this for 20 years uh, and, and, and I stand by what I wrote. Um, but, anyway, I just wanted to throw that because I did oh, have so kind of a – stand by. He didn't yeah, say he, that, he said, oh, I'm I, not, I misspoke. Or that's right. He said, I'm not it. backing off. He said, I recorded this and I believe it was a fair representation of what she said. Uh, but I just wanted to share that because I had that interaction with a UFC employee, and I thought that was kind of interesting. And I was like, well, that is kind of an interesting point. Like, why would you guys tell her to do this when you don't, you know, you tell Cowboy not to wear his Cowboy hat. You tell Brad Pickett not to wear his suspenders. You yeah. know what I mean? So They did let uh, they did. Perez uh, or Goito, uh, right, wear the mask. The luchador mask. Yeah. But interesting. But, yeah, it just doesn't seem like they would. But, you know, I don't put it <laughs> – I wouldn't put them past them for doing – Silly, ridiculous stuff at times, but this one seems a bit overboard because yeah, it just screams completely outdated thoughts and, and, yeah. and you know like this is not Johnny Depp portraying Tonto on a movie, you know like this is this is her real life, you know, and you're asking her to, to to dress up in something that they don't normally. So interesting. I just yeah. thought I had that behind the scenes. So I, yeah, uh, I didn't. I saw a little bit of that on uh, the Twitter. I saw. You guys sort of talking about that. I had no idea of that. Of that uh, well, let's be honest, man. Story. It's been a whirlwind for you. This is really like the first time you've had a chance to sit down and, and hang out. I don't out. feel I mean, like I'm sitting. I feel like I'm about to pass out. I feel like I'm <laughs> tired and just like ridiculously you took the six, out of it. You took the 6 a.m. flight yeah. uh, out, of, out of Vegas and basically uh, hit the ground running. And yeah. we went all the way through last night and, uh, and then woke up and, and started going at it again today. So this is the first time you've had a chance to breathe since you got to Pretty Dallas. Pretty much. And th but I'm still li literally thinking, like, did we get everything done? There's probably a couple more things you could do. And I'm like, oh, just stop. I've actually been here since last Saturday, which was great. I got a chance to come in a little bit early and, uh, and spend a few days. My wife and son came in town, and we spent a few days with the family. My mom and dad still live here. So uh, that was cool stuff. So I've had a little bit different experience yeah. than you have. Uh, my, my Your mom's a trip, dude. Uh, she's she's at she's Your mom is a trip. She, she <laughs> I still need to hit her up for that beef jerky. She said I brought you something. I love that your mom. Every time I come here, she wants to. She feels like she has to feed me. Yep. I forget what it was she last time. Peanut. She tried to give us a chocolate cake this time. <laughs> well, yeah. She said that you said no to the cake. I was yeah. like, I, like, I would have took the cake. cake. <laughs> I would have took the cake. I think she gave me a big bag of peanuts last peanuts. <laughs> I was last time, say, you want to clarify that? Yeah, she gave me a bag of peanuts last time, big and then she had uh, <laughs> she gave me a big old bag of dicks she had laying around. Uh, but she had a bag of beef jerky. I was like, dude, that's so good. And then I forgot to grab it, and then I was totally bummed. But uh, yeah, your mom's a trip. She was like, did you get some good pictures of them fighters? <laughs> I was like, you dirty bird, take your own pictures. <laughs> she had a good time. What's up, man? How you doing, brother? Good to see you, man. She had a good time at the open workouts for sure. All right. Uh, which was a good crowd, too, by the it way. It was a good crowd. Like Dallas, Dallas showed up. Again, that was man. really, really good. There was a really good turnout. And they were educated. Like, you could tell they knew uh, each of the fighters when they went up. They were bringing up stories. They, they knew the coaches' names. I was very impressed. I meant to say something about that earlier. I was very impressed with the knowledge. Like, this is a fight town. That's right. Dallas is a fight it town. It is a fight sure. town. You know what? To, to the folks of Dallas, MMA is simple. You yeah. know what else is simple? Oh, simple contacts, maybe? I just... I, you know, now that you mention it, simple contacts is pretty simple. I've hey. always, I've always enjoyed the simplicity of simple contacts. Can you, 
Can you tell me more? I will tell you. Listeners, if you wear contact lenses and find yourself dreading that annual appointment to renew your prescription, then you're going to love Simple Contacts. It's a great new company that makes this annoying process very, well, simple. Simple Simple Contacts lets you renew your expired contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from your home or computer in minutes. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, whenever you need it. You can take the Simple Contacts vision test online in five minutes. A real doctor reviews it and renews your prescription. You save time, you save money, and you save yourself a headache. And if you have an unexpired prescription, just upload a photo of it and your doctor's info and order your lenses in minutes for a great price. They do all the hard work for you. This is vision care for the 21st century. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just $20. Compare that with the annual appointment which can be up to $200 without insurance. They have some of the best prices on contacts and shipping is free. Best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first Simple Contacts order. That's right. So to save 20 on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com slash road20 or enter the code ROAD20, that's R-O-A-D-2-0, at checkout. I want to mention, though, that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still, know, you still need those occasionally. But it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts and get $20 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash road20 or just enter the code ROAD20 at checkout. Give it a try and thank us later. Yay! It's simple! It's simple! <laughs> shout out to Rashad Coulter, by the way, who walked uh, up earlier. That's who I was saying hello to. Uh, shout out as well to my man Kevin Ioli. Uh, it, it was interesting. I got I to gotta reach out to him because I think he saw that I tweeted a picture of Nico Montagna. We were in the media room. And Nico Montagna was doing her, her interview, and I took a quick picture say, hey, look, Nico Montagna, she's doing her interview. Right. And then she was doing a Skype interview. You were standing in there, and right. you know, the Skype was you know out loud there. She didn't and then have I heard the on. noise. I heard the... That was the bus that was coming that he was about to throw you oh. under. <laughs> <laughs> no, he gave a shout-out. He was like, uh, well, he did kind of give you a... He yeah. did kind of throw me under the bus he, a no, little bit. He, was like, he wasn't like, oh, hey, Nico, I see you're in there hanging out with Morgan. No, it was more like. But he, what said, he said a very kind. He said, you know, uh, I, I saw another interview you did with. Uh, I think he said uh, John Morgan, who does fine work for MMA Junkie or something like that, which made me think for sure he knew That's I was true. in the That's room. That's true. That's true. So that he was did, very he nice. Did but then he talked about the fact that I asked her about being an underdog, and you know, if she's tired of answering questions like that, and and, and like, it was funny. She like literally like shot daggers across the room at me. Yeah. She's like, I do find it very disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> she was having but a little then fun. She, yeah, yeah, she yeah. was having a little fun. It was fun. She was having some fun. All right, listen, the rest is main card. So here's where I think this card gets interesting. Uh, I do think the main event is very intriguing. I get it that maybe it doesn't appeal to the, the casual fan as much as some other stars of the sport might. I understand why people are critical of the, of the women's flyweight fight. I get that. But the rest of this card to me is a lot of fun. Brandon Davis versus Zabit Magomed Sharapov. Uh, I think this is going to be an all-action fight. It was supposed to be Yair Rodriguez, of course. Uh, Zabit has been asking for Yair for a while. I remember over in Shanghai he was asking for him. I mean, he's been pushing for that fight. Gets it booked uh, after much consternation from Yair Rodriguez, of course. Then Yair has to pull out due to injury. Uh, I will say, to Zabit's credit, you know, we talked to him today. Of course, we talked to him through a, a, a translator, his manager, Rizvan. Um, but kind of gave Zabit a chance to – 
you know, throw Yair under that same bus that Kevin Ioli tried to throw me under. And, and uh, credit to Zabit, he didn't bite. He said, listen, uh, injuries are something we can't control. Uh, I think Yair is a nice guy. I'm not saying – because a lot of people are saying, boy, isn't that convenient, Yair? Yep. You didn't want this fight, and now you're hurt. Uh, Zabit said – Listen, man, I like the guy. I respect him. Uh, I hope he heals up and maybe we can do this. I thought yep. that was I thought that was cool. I mean, it was very classy of him. The beat sure. doesn't seem like a big trash talker, but to even like try to set the trash talk up on a tee for him, and he's yeah. like, not interested. Yep, he's like, no, I don't want to talk ta talk trash about him. You know, I think he's a nice enough guy. You know, it happens. Dude's doing all the right things, man. Like, granted, we would want him to to talk trash just because then it backs up some of his fight style. Yeah. But he's doing it right, man. Like, you can't argue. I just wish I could speak Russian so I could talk with right? him. You he know, seems like such an interesting like, character. And I feel I think like we get a lot a of really job. good stories. Yeah. I do too, man. I, it, and he's such an exciting fighter. But, like, yeah. his, his uh, demeanor is so, like – just very calm, relaxed, and he said today, you know, I'm just, I'm not a very emotional person. I just don't show my emotions much yeah. in life. But yeah, I wish I could speak That's Russian very to Russian, get that. It seems. Yeah, very right. <laughs> it's I, the funny thing about so Zabit is an incredibly exciting fighter. Not the most exciting interview, but respectful. You know, he gives you his attention. It's not like he hates doing it. He's just, he's just kind of reserved or whatever. But the yep. funniest thing was after his last fight, the next week he was a guest fighter. He was cornering somebody the next week, and. Uh, he showed, and he was wearing a hoodie all week long. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why is every time I see this guy, he's wearing a hoodie? And Rizvan told me, he was like, well, he cut his hair and he hates the way it looks. <laughs> so, Because, you know, he's got that big froey yeah. hair. And I guess after the fight, you know, he, got, he cut it. And he hated the way it looked so bad that he wouldn't be seen anywhere in public without the hoodie on. And, you know, I actually, like, I, you know, since we've had a chance to interview him a few times, I know he at least recognized me. So I was like, obviously I speak no Russian. But I was, I was like, you know, trying to, I was like, you know, pantomiming like pull down the hoodie like I wanted to see the hair and he was just like no, no. <laughs> so, it was pretty funny I mean here's this you know badass that everybody thinks is a future champion yeah. and yet he wouldn't let his hair be seen because he was embarrassed of a haircut I mean I, I think funny. the guy's a, I think the guy's a character but Brandon Davis kudos to this guy as yep. well because a lot of people are avoiding this fight and Brandon was the one that stuck his hand in the air and said no give me that fight I need it and I loved his attitude today when we spoke to him. And, again, it's on MMA Junkie. It's on YouTube if you want to see it. But, you know, Brandon Davis uh, didn't say, like, hey, I'm just going in here to hopefully get $50,000 for fight of the night, and I don't care if I lose. Absolutely not. He said, no, I think I can beat this guy. Like, he's good. I'm not taking away from him. But he's not this unbeatable monster that everybody seems to be making him out to be. Right. And that's another guy that, you know, has a lot of self-belief but I, I think he's doing a great thing too where and didn't he say like by ag agreeing to do this he ended up was rewarded with another contract you know like that is smart if anything it. else that right there the fact that that's a sign that yes we're saying he's not being rewarded because he's getting a, this huge tough fight but immediately by putting his neck on the line and in a sense helping to I don't want to say save the card you know well, but you know what fight. I'm saying save that, fight, save that fight you know by doing it, he immediately got rewarded with a, another contract. And he said a little bit of a raise. And to a go little bit of a raise. That. So, I mean, that, that just goes to show, man. If you're willing to put your neck out there and you're willing to go the extra mile, you know, every once in a while, you might get rewarded for it. You that know, it's so good on him. That fight's going to be all action, man. That's going to be, I think that. I hope so. I think it should be great. I hope so. I hope that, uh, yeah. I hope so. Don't you curse it. You I'm trying not it. to curse it. Jessica Andrade versus Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Uh, big fight at 115 pounds. To me, the winner of this fight is next uh, for the title. I know that uh, Joanna, after her last win, said, listen, I want another shot at Rose. 
Uh, we know Rose is kind of hanging out, getting healthy, uh, healing up on some injuries. But to me, uh, the winner of this has the inside track. And um, I think a lot of us are leaning towards Jessica Andrade here, uh, who uh, take nothing away yep. from Kovacavich. But Andrade is an absolute beast. And uh, It's the power, I, man. I, I like the idea of Andrade and, and, and Rose, man. I think that would be I a great so fight. Too. I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, I really think Caroline's got a lot of heart, and I think she has a lot of talent. But Jessica, right now, man, last couple times we've seen her, just that power and just the ability to walk forward through just about anything. Yes. And, and, you know, while Carolina has a lot of great striking, she doesn't have, in my opinion, the power of some of the recent people that Jessica has fought against. I agree. So she's not going to have that damage, at least initially, that's going to slow her down. And, and unfortunately, on the opposite, Jessica probably has more power than some of the people that Carolina has fought recently. And I just I just felt that that power and that ability to walk through a punch is going to eventually start wearing down. And, uh, <clears throat> and and a lot of people, nobody's – I mean, it's not like, you know, Jessica's getting submitted by a bunch of people. Right. So it's not like you try to just take her down to stop the, the thumping, you know. And she just seems to be getting more and more physically fit every time we see I her, agree. man. I feel like her conditioning sharp, is man. getting better every yeah. single time. She's, she, fi it, she feels like she's been – slowly switching it into a higher gear than what we've seen. She's putting all the pieces in place. And, uh, I mean, she definitely is making the moves that uh, could make her her future champion, yeah. whether it's whether in this organization or if at some point she decided she want to go to, like, Invicta or something, she would just destroy an Invicta. I agree. I, th I think this is a number one contender fight. It's not necessarily being billed officially as that. And, again, I know Yoanna and JJ – Good Lord, look at the amount of sweat on the floor over there. They have been grinding yeah. over there. And that would be like my section if I was over there. And that would just be me. Sipping frosty beverages. Hey, but I mean, somebody's got to do the work. Somebody does. Somebody does. We're, we're providing entertainment value for them as far they're, as I'm concerned. Yeah, we're, like, we're the freak show over by the door, which you can't miss, <laughs> as I said before. <laughs> right in the smack right in the smack in nervous the nervous system of, yeah. of Fortis MMA here. All right, main card opens up with another fight. Uh, and one that involves Fortis MMA, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan against Nico Price. Cold Coffee, you know where I stand on this one. I love this matchup yep. because I I, I just don't see any way this fight isn't bonkers as well, yep. man. I feel like it's going to be nuts. So from that aspect, I love it, but I also hate it, man. These are two of like my, my personal favorites, man. Nico... Uh, you know, we've we've we met him early on in his career and love what he does. His last fight out, man, that finish from the ground was just ridiculous. Um, and then uh, Al Hassan, uh, you know, has the Dallas ties, of course. He lives actually out in Fort Worth. He's been coming out here and cross training. This is his first full camp here at Fortis MMA. Um, man, excited for him. He's an exciting fighter as well. Yeah. So, dude, I'm I'm a uh, lot of power, a lot oh. of power there, a lot of power, a lot of speed. You're right, and and I don't I don't want to put the the jinx bug out there because you just don't see when you watch either one of these guys fight. I mean, they're they're not slow goers. They're not. Oh, I'm gonna f let me let me spend a round and feel this guy out. You know, they're they're gonna go in banging. And uh, there's a, a lot a lot of power coming from Al Hassan's side. The thing about Nico is he's super super durable. When he's taking some damage, like what we saw from Randy Brown, he took some quick, yes. immediate damage, yes. but he was able to overcome and then came away <laughs> with that win. It's just nuts, man. It's, and that was the one where he got the, the knockout from the bottom, right? Incredible. Which is just sick. It's just, just Who does that? That's a, 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 a tremendous amount of power and pressure he's able to generate And from I love the it because he says, listen, 
you know, I'm not saying I necessarily practice that exact position. He's like, but right. that's what you have to understand. When you fight me, you are in trouble at all times. At I all am times. trying to hit you in every aspect, right. every transition. Every, right. I, I'm, I am looking to knock you out from everywhere. And I love that, man. It yeah. is, I just, I don't see any way this, now again, I'm, 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 I'm jinxing it, but I don't see any way this fight sucks. I just it, don't. It should be gangbusters. Start to finish. That could be. I mean, that could be a beautiful way to start off the main card. The prelims uh, are on FX, by the way, just in case you hadn't noticed. So that way, hopefully, we save you some time from flipping around on Saturday night. It is FX, not FS1. The featured bout there: Carlos Barza versus Tatiana Suarez. Big fight here uh, at 115 pounds as well. Carlos Barza, of course, the former champion. She's coming off the loss, but thought she looked pretty good in that flight with Gadella, no doubt about it. Meanwhile, Tatiana Suarez, I got to be honest with you. I am super high on Tatiana Suarez. I think she is a future UFC champion. Yeah. I, I think she's, uh, you know, her wrestling pedigree, of course, is incredible. Yep. She's rounding out her skills as a martial artist. She's got size for the division. She she's has incredible skills. confidence yep. as well, the mental strength. Uh, I, I mean, I want to take nothing away from Carla Sparza. Carla has been around for a long time. Again, I thought she looked great last time out. This is certainly a competitive fight. But I got to say, I am, I am very high on Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, and – 5'5 five five doesn't seem right. This has them listed both at 5'5. Five five. She was bigger than Carla. Way I'd have to bigger. go back and look at that, but the our site lists her as 5'5. Five five. Wow. Like, Maybe we measured her in heels. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she uh, just the size difference alone it feels, but you're right. I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, both of them are very high on their wrestling pedigree. Each of them thinks that their wrestling's better than the other one. But luckily, this isn't this isn't a wrestling match. You know, we're gonna see some some good strikes and stuff. And Tatiana, man, she's she's slick. It just even though while Carla, you know, being a former champ, however short lived that was, still was able to raise yes. rise to that level, and you can't never take that away. But man, uh, Tatiana's just she's fierce, man. Ever 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 since uh, she's been on this last little few few fights run that we've seen in the UFC it's if you have she gets been, better every time if you haven't been paying attention and I get it you know not everybody <coughs> can watch every fight that's why we're here for you we do have to yeah. watch every fight it's part of our job so if you haven't caught the rise of Tatiana Suarez yeah now's the time to jump on the bandwagon I'm telling that's you that right sure. now that's for sure Cody Simon versus Aljamain Sterling this is going to be I think a fun fight as well two incredibly talented fighters Aljamain um, you know, has had some recent setbacks, but feels like he's finally putting everything together. Meanwhile, Cody, um, incredible career record, incredible UFC record. He's done it against some recognizable names. Um, and this is a big fight in the bantamweight division. I, I, I really do think bantamweight is one of the most exciting divisions in the sport right now. Just the names that are there, the number of um, contenders that are relevant, the, 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 the excitement level that they bring to the table. I think bantamweight uh, is as good as it gets right now in the UFC. And, and I think this is a big fight. Um, Aljamain Sterling, of course, we're going to homer for him a little bit. You know, he's been sharing his training camp with MMA Junkie, which has been awesome. Yep. The Funk Master Chronicles has been really cool. He puts it on his YouTube, but what he's been doing is allowing us to put it on MMA Junkie one day early so we get the exclusive for 24 hours. So that's been fun doing that. Uh, but props, meanwhile, to, props to Abby. Yeah, Abby, Abby Saban's been helping that. him out. For been helping, helping him. like, steer him in the right direction. And you've seen the growth and. uh and those episodes, it's a you're cool seeing series. More and more. It's a cool series, yeah. and and the late you're right. The latest ones, if you just watched the first one and you thought ah, I'm okay with it, yeah, check the ones that came out this week, man. Yeah, They're phenomenal. Better. He's growing. He's growing a lot. He's growing. He's growing. So we'll be homering for him a little bit, no question about it. But Cody, yeah, I I am impressed with Cody, uh, and I'm I'm impressed with just the way he carries himself and the way he handles himself. Yep, yep, and and he is another one too. Like 
when we did the and I'm you'll I'm sure you're going to talk about it as yep. well as we go further. You know, he had a special guest that was in the room while he was filming, but he took it all in stride. He could have pulled Diva moment. He could have been like, "Oh, this makes me uncomfortable because no one wants to talk about." When you ask him, "Hey, thoughts on the division? Where are you going to go? Are you going to be this having another fighter in your division in the room at the same well, time?" Let's, so. let's just do this. I wanted to play this uh, because I, Cody is is probably a newer name to a lot of people, yeah. but he's done some impressive things in the UFC already. Um, and, and I thought this would be a good chance to give him a little bit of shine. But what really made me say, now I definitely want to play this, is John Dotson came yep. in the room before him. Uh, we had John Dotson uh, scheduled for an interview as well. John was a little bit early. Um, we were kind of, uh, you know, bouncing around a little bit um, with the schedule. And, and that's what we do. I mean, fighters kind of move around on schedules. But John was in there early. Cody came in, and he had already tucked his head before. So we asked John Dotson, hey, John, uh, Cody was here before you. Do you mind if we just go ahead and knock this out? And he's like, of course, guys, no problem. I get it. I'll wait. No big deal. What I didn't realize what he meant is I'll wait right here in the room with you guys. I'll literally sit right beside yeah. cold coffee, and I will just watch this interview. So myself, Cody, we do the interview. John Dotson is sitting right there watching the whole interview, a fellow bantamweight contender. Yep. Yes, not fighting here, uh, but it's interesting. So I want to share the interview, and then we'll talk about what happened afterwards. Okay. Here's Cody Simon. Listen, time in the UFC has been a, a good thing for you, man. Impressive run so far. I got to ask, I mean, how do you feel about what you've been able to accomplish so far? I mean, I, I feel good. I feel like, uh, you know, 3 0 is a good start. Obviously, uh, three decisions. So for me, I feel like there's still kind of a monkey on my back. I feel like I haven't pushed that button yet, and I need to. You know, I need to. I need to for myself, and I need to for the fans. That's holding yourself to a high standard there. I mean, you're getting it done against some 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 recognizable names, some real yep. talent as well, right? I mean, getting those those names that you face so far. I mean, have you been chasing those? I mean, have you been asking for those those high profile fights, or is it just kind of falling to you? So the Duke and Watt fight uh, that just came to me. That was just the first fight after my debut. Um, you know, and obviously he came into the UFC with a lot of hype, and uh, that was, uh, I feel like, kind of a turning point in my career. I was fighting another guy that, that was 15 and one, same record. He was, you know, the most sought-after prospect in MMA at the time. And when I beat him, uh, absolutely, I was like, I want someone in the top ten. I don't care who it is. And you know, that was the, you know, st obviously Sterling, or uh, not Sterling, but Caraway's the next fight. Uh, you know, Caraway's really, really tough. Uh, and I got to see what that level's like, see, you know, these guys that I've been watching on TV that I've idolized, you know, my whole life, I kind of, I got to get in the cage and fight one of them, so it was a pretty surreal experience, and, uh, you know, to to get the win uh, was awesome, and moving forward, you know, I'm feeling really good about this next one. Yeah, no doubt, man. Impressive career record overall, too. Do you ever look back and think, uh, was it Lawrence DiGiulio, you son of a bitch, I want to fight you again, I mean? <laughs> well, if anybody went and watched that fight, I think you'd, you'd, you'd think that I won, but that was one of those split decision uh, fights that, in my eyes and everyone's eyes, I was hugging my coaches, like, yeah, I mean, everything was great, and then when that decision was called, I was like, Ugh. So, I mean, for me, I'm still looking at it like I'm, I'm 18 and 0, not 17 and 1, but I live and learn. So it doesn't eat at you? Like, well, I sure hope that guy makes it to the UFC someday. Uh, no, I think success is the best revenge, right? So I don't know where he is, but I'm pretty sure I'm a little higher than him. So <laughs> Fair enough. I'm okay with it. You mentioned Al Jermaine. Uh, talk to me what you've seen him, man. I mean, the, the guy's always been pegged with, with a lot of talent, you know, a lot of promise, but he's had to make consistent results as well. When you break him down, what do you see? So I was mean, certainly, yeah, absolutely talented guy, fast, uh, very athletic, 
good wrestler, but when you really get to what Aljamain likes to do, Aljamain is one of those guys that he likes to fight on the outside. He runs a lot. Um, very rarely does he play on his feet and try to throw anything hard. Uh, I think he's just really good at making people fight his fight. Uh, but that's also something I've done uh, consistently throughout my fighting career, and that's why I've been successful, is because I, I take fights where I want them. I make people fight the kind of fight that I want to fight. Uh, so, you know, I think really what it comes down to Saturday night is just me imposing my game plan on him and not the other way around. And I feel like I have a plan A, B, and C. I, I'm ready for whatever Aljamain Sterling is going to bring. Uh, whether he, you know, I've seen him in fights where he ran a lot and didn't, and, and then just, you know, looked to tie guys up. And I've seen fights where he ran a lot and never looked to tie guys up and was just trying to fight on the outside the whole time. So uh, it doesn't really matter what he brings to the cage. I think that I have the answer for it uh, in any aspect. Is it, a, is it a grudge match at all? I couldn't help but notice your, your pinned tweet on your social media <laughs> is, uh, I'll smack these nuts on your forehead, <laughs> pussy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's just, well, it's, it's I mean, pinned it, right there it, for the world to see. It, uh, it started as kind of a, um, just, uh, he was talking about he's the best grappler in the Bantamweight division, and I called him on it, told him that, you know, he's not. And uh, then he basically told me to, like, go get him a couple a couple drinks like I was you know what I mean I was like I was so far below him but in my in my eyes I'm like I'm actually uh, like you're you're eighth I'm tenth like we're not like I'm not the guy getting your drinks I'm not uh, I'm not your bartender like I'm nipping at your heels buddy like I'm right here and that really got burned my ass I didn't like that he kind of big brothered me like that because um, I've, I've I've paid my dues I've done everything in this sport you know what I mean I've accomplished uh, uh, a lot in a short amount of time and uh, I don't feel like there's anybody that can like, you know, besides the guys that have been around for, you know, 10 years that have kind of seen it and done it and, and been in the big fights, you know, Aljamain's not one of those guys. He can't big brother me, you know, we're on the same level. And, you know, Saturday night, I'm gonna be on a I was gonna say, I mean, level. The, the Bantamweight division's exciting right now, you know, and I mean, you're still relatively new, but you've beat accomplished fighters. So, I mean, a win here, you feel like you deserve to be mentioned with those big names at the top that's, that are kind of being sorted out right now in terms of contenders? Um, yeah, I think I think I'm getting I'm getting close to that. Uh, but like, like you said, there's a ton of talented guys at Bantamweight. I mean, there's there's I, honestly in my eyes, 55 and 35 are the two most stacked division uh, divisions in the UFC right now. I mean, there's like literally five guys that could fight for the, fight for the belt, and like anybody like. I mean, everyone's obviously going to argue about whoever they, you know, gets the next shot. But I mean, any of those guys are right there. You know, they deserve they deserve that shot. And so, you know, in my eyes, uh, it's going to be the guy that you know the squeaky wheel is going to get the grease, and it's going to be the guy that stays consistent, stays relevant, keeps fighting. You know, I don't. I'm not a big. I don't like big layoffs. You know, the six month layoff. I, you know, I haven't fought in six months. I feel like it's been too long. You know, I I would prefer to fight every three four months. Um, so, you know, after this one, I'm going to be hungry to get back in there and uh, go after somebody else. So give me the goal on Saturday night then, man. I mean, it sounds like not only do you want to pick up a win, but you want to make a statement. I mean, I guess maybe personally send a message to Aljamain, but also send a message to the division as well. Well, it's going to be all business in there and nothing personal with Aljamain. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I've been training to knock him out. There's no question. I mean, I've been telling everybody that for the last two months. Like, I'm going to knock him out Saturday night. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I have a pretty good idea how it's going to get done, but uh, who knows? One way or another, uh, he's going to be unconscious on the canvas, and I'm going to be standing over him and moving forward. And I don't really care who's next. Uh, you know, I'll fight anybody. I mean, like I said, there's a log game at the top, so you know, I'll fight anybody on the roster.
right, so there you go. Uh, lo loving the uh, confidence from Cody. And, and, again, I think this is a great fight. Again, yes, we're going to be homering for Aljo a little bit because of the access that he gave to his training camp. Um, but I think this is going to be a very important fight. Now, here's what was so cool. After the interview, John Dodson walks up to Cody and says, man, that interview was phenomenal. He's like, your confidence, you got me fired up. I'm excited. He's like, I can't wait to fight you. <laughs> it was like, it was. I mean, it's just a but different mindset. It was like respectful. It was respectful. It was super respectful. It was so cool. He it was like, John was like, bro, I'm a fan of yours now, man. I loved everything you said. We got to get it on, man. We got we to gotta punch yeah. each other in the face. You know what I mean? That was awesome. It's a, it's a different mindset, but I thought that was so cool with John was, I, I dude, much respect yeah. to you. You win, I'll win, and then we'll fight each yeah. other. And I think he really – and what was interesting because, you know, it came out to me as completely genuine, and I thought it was nice. And I thought it was good. Like, John even wanted to make sure that, I could, that Cody understood that that's what it was as well because he went after him again back out in the hallway. Like, Cody, 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 like, let me – and, like, I think just wanted to reiterate, like, dude, that was awesome, you know. Like, you know, I'm not just saying, like, we need to fight just to be, like, a dick or whatever. Like, I was really impressed by what you said. He's like, you know, you can consider me a fan now awesome. of yours. And I was like, that's cool. Cool little behind the that's scenes That's the first time I've man. seen other fighters, you know, kind of be around not so much maybe direct, immediate, uh, possible opponents, you know. But the fact that we've had other fighters be in the room, but you never really hear a fighter sort of compliment or talk to another fighter like, dude, that was a good interview, good job, you know, because it is – in a sense, a small fraternity. Sure. You know, who's going to help you out and coach you on interviews if it's not your team, if it's not media buddies? It's going to be other fighters, yep. you know. So I thought that was pretty cool how he went up and really gave him kudos on uh, the interview that he just gave, you know. And in turn, he was like, dude, you made me a fan. You know, I can't wait to, to possibly fight you. It would be an honor, you know. I was like, that's cool shit. That know? was cool, It man. was different. That was the first. John Dotson, of course, fighting Jimmy Rivera. That's a big fight at Bantamweight. Well, one that should be a lot of fun. Uh, those two FX prelims in a row right there, yep. those have some real impact at Bantamweight. Telling you, yes, we got to figure out what's going on with TJ Dillashaw. Is he going to go down? Is Henry Cejudo going to go up? By the way, Henry Cejudo will be in uh, Russia next week, so we'll get an update from him out there. Uh, but a lot of stuff happened at 135. Those are two back-to-back -back very, very important fights. I love it. Again, we've got two big fights at 115. We've got two big fights at 135 on the same card. I love it You know, when, when you, when you kind of see divisions impacted right away. Uh, and then the FX prelim rounds out with Charles Bird versus Darren Stewart. That is Fortis MMA's own Charles Bird against Darren Stewart in what uh, should be a good fight there on FX as well. Now, uh, I, I, I got I, I to get to the fight pass prelims. I will say I believe this combination of five fights on the fight pass prelims might be one of the best ever that I've seen. There are some fun fights here that I'm really looking forward to, but it's capped off by Diego Sanchez versus Craig White. Um, should say, I guess, first, uh, kudos to Craig White, who uh, was sabotaged by a certain PR employee who knocked knocked your your, your power off, and we had to start uh, it, we had to start his interview over. But he was a good sport about he it. He was a good sport. But yeah, I was. I saw it happen, and it was like all in slow motion. Like anytime you have something no. plugged in, you're like, "Don't mess with the power strip," and then this. Lovely PR person decided to and plug their phone. she is lovely. Phone. She's done us a lot of favors yeah. over the years, and she's great. Plugged so we're not trying to be mean. shorted out the, the strip, and it was just like – but luckily, like you said, it was at the beginning of the interview, so we we're, were only about two questions recovered. deep. Yeah. So if you see the, the Craig White interview that we have on Junkie on YouTube, all those places, know that 
that was version two. Version we, two. We had to start over. But I want to talk about Diego Sanchez because uh, Diego, I thought, gave us um, another epic interview. Man, I love speaking with Diego Sanchez. Um, I mean, to me, he is a legend of the sport, a guy that's been around since the Ultimate Fighter won. Uh, I know that he hasn't reached the mountaintop, but I think he's a guy um, that has seen it all and, is, and, is, and has been there for forever, man. You're talking about 13 years in the UFC, man. That is absolutely incredible. And, uh, and still every bit the warrior he was the day he came in. And uh, he gave us an interview, man. He gave us an interview. He was always great with his time, and uh, he certainly didn't hold back. Uh, I know that everybody might not have a time to, to watch this video, so I figured let's play it here because you got to hear it. Get some popcorn. Diego, 13 years, man, you've been doing this, and uh, and here we go again. I just wonder, what what is fight week like for you, man? I mean, you've done it so many times. What What, what is this moment like for you? Fight week is something that always evolves and adapts and changes. At this point in my career, it is something that I embrace as as a love as a passion um i love i love fight week um i'm not cutting weight anymore so well i'm still cutting weight i still got still got six seven pounds to cut but it's not like that 16 17 pounds to cut so yeah no i i, I love it i embrace it and um like i said before i'm gonna get as much of this as i can while i can I love it. What's the process like when they come to you with Craig White? I mean, no disrespect to him, but guessing you didn't know much about him, probably didn't know the name. Um, what's it like when they come to that? Well, the process is is this. Like, I've been waiting for a fight all year long, and, and it just wasn't coming together. Uh, I, I, I gave 155 a, a legit try. I, I hired a new nutritionist, and I was like, all right, let's 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 do this 155 one more time. Let's give it a try. And it was it was an impossible task. And so then I had to call back Sean Shelby and be like, look, Sean, um, I can't do the 155. And I think that pissed him off. Like, you know, like, come on, don't bounce back up and down and up and down. And, you know, and so he made me wait a little longer. And when the time came, he um, he gave me a list of guys. He said, this is the guys that I have on the shelf. He's like, um, give me a one through three. And so I said, all right. You know, I gave the list to my coaches, my advising staff. And I said, you know, all right, guys, you guys make the decision for me. You guys are, you know, the best in the, in the world. No one's seen more fights, coached more fights, been in the corner of more fights than Greg and Winklejohn. So I, I said, you know what, I'm going to let them do this because they're going to do it better than me without an ego, without emotion. And I, um, I let them make the decision. And they made the decision of Craig White. I think when, when he... Um, threw himself into mount with Neil Magny. Greg Jack said, this is the guy. This is the guy. <laughs> and so that's about how it all went down. Um, I don't take nothing aside from Craig White. You know, I think he's a, he's a competitor. And he obviously has a, a great belief in himself to take a fight with Neil Magny on short notice and then and step in here to fight me. He's he's chasing after his dream, and and I'm I'm the same. I'm the same man. I'm I'm the same man. I'm chasing after my dream. 
No doubt. I guess by the words you're saying, 170 is where you're going to finish your career. I mean, that's that's it from here on out. 170. I've I've given given consideration if they ever bring in the 165 pound division, I would like to fight probably 165. But um, as for now, I'm adapting to 170. And um, like I like I put a post up this week that was you know me on the scale at 175, saying you know I'm I'm looking to change the game. I'm looking to be like Frank Edgar in what I consider his prime when he was the lightweight champion. He was cutting five six pounds. He wasn't cutting a lot of weight. He was extremely fast, and uh, that's something that comes with the weight cut. It's going to slow you down. And and I and I sat back. I analyzed all my fights at 155, and especially the BJ Penn fight at 27 years old. I fought BJ Penn on the highest stage. I, I analyzed all the emotions and everything that went into that fight. And when I, when I dissected this, I looked back and I said, man, even at 27, that weight cut was hard. I said, it really, it really took it out of me and it slowed me down. It slowed down my reaction times. And my loss to Lozon, my loss to Iaquinta was a reason why I didn't see the shots coming. Him and, the, and, and in the BJ Penn fight too, um, my reaction time was slower. And you know, my, my muscles were slower. Everything was slower. And it's, it's all from that stress. It's, it's a ton of stress. And, and um, it wasn't, wasn't boxers who started cutting weight. It wasn't MMA fighters. It was the wrestlers that started cutting weight. They were training for a six-minute match where they're not going to get hit in the head. So a lot of things have changed. The sport of mixed martial arts is continuing to adapt and evolve. I've been around the whole process. I've done it all. I, I, I made 145. I can't believe that. And that's probably the, the hugest uh, achievement, mental and <laughs> physical and spiritual, of my life. But, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm healthy. I'm strong. And uh, my speed is back. At, my speed is back. I'm fast at 170. And I'm looking to come in here and hit this guy with some blistering speed. I'm going to hunt. And um, it's, it's going to be a good night. Anxious to see it, man. Uh, we're back in Dallas. You're staying away from the beef tartare this week, right? Oh, oh, I would like to, you know, I would like to send an apology out to, to that, 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 I think it's Sarah Steakhouse. Oh, man. Um, you know, it was it was a bad decision on my point when my body was broken down. You know, I'm, I don't know. Uh, chances are maybe one in a million. You know, I don't know what happened. My digestive system shut down. I got sick. And it's probably because I did the age-old mistake of, you know, okay, let's, let's gorge ourselves after making weight because you've been deprived for so long and and you're at that amazing nice restaurant and you're like oh man this all looks so good and you're waiting for your food and and, and your your waiter isn't coming and so you're like all right i'm getting some of that bread with that butter and then it's like okay bring on the appetizers all right bring on the the rare steak you're like i need the blood because i'm a killer but um yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all lessons learned in, in this sport of mixed martial arts. And, you know, I'm sure Craig is learning his lessons, too. And, 
And um, I don't wish no ill will on him, but I know that I'm doing things right. And um, I know exactly where he is on his weight cut, how he feels at 28 years old. I know exactly where he's at and I know what he's going through. And I'm, 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 I'm confident, very confident. You mentioned the, the Jackson Wink team. You know, obviously you found yourself in a little controversy this week with the whole thing with Cowboy and all that. I wonder, has that been a distraction at all? Has that been tough, man? I know you're you're an emotional guy and a passionate guy, man, to, to kind of have what happened this week. Is, is, is that been a distraction or tough for you to deal with, on, you know, as you're getting ready Some, for this fight? Somewhat a little bit emotional and somewhat a little bit passionate, yes. I've learned to really focus on, on, on the fight right now, you know. But yeah, and no, I it, it hurt it hurt to to see a cowboy trashing my um, these guys that that work so hard and 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 you know they've put in the, the time in the sport and yeah gyms go through ups gyms go through downs yeah it is a business it's about money you know and we you know Winkle John has forty thousand dollars of bills he pays a month on overhead on our facility so there are decisions that have to be made and um, I was just more emotional because Cowboy trash talked a real good man who is my my wrestling coach Chad Smith he's a really good dude and um, he never sold no steroids to no kids and he's lucky Cowboy is lucky that Chad is such a good dude or else he would be suing him for deprimation of character right now and you know Chad's willing to say you know what he's he's a good dude he's laughing it off like this guy's you know he's laughing it off but cowboy's lucky he's a good dude because he would have a lawsuit on him right now but i was pissed the old burke wanted to come out i was like i was like if i see this guy right now it's going down you know like that's my coach like and i told cowboy i'm like look bro what if it was your coach and someone did that to you how would you how would you respond bro like 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 I go, I go to war with these guys. These guys have been there when I freaking was knocked unconscious, and they're right there taking care of me. I mean, with love, with corazón, with passion. That's that. Those, those are the type of guys that he was talking shit about. So I'm like, mm -mm, I wasn't having it. I, I, I had to say a few words, and uh, you know, if everything unfolds, and you never know, we maybe, maybe standing across the cage from each other you know he's he's fighting mike perry and he has to fight mike perry but i know that that's a fight that that fans have always wanted is is me and cowboy and so you know saying you know i win he loses it, it's a big possibility that this fight could happen even before the end of the year that would be pretty uh, pretty fun. I'm sure fans would dig that. Well, I know you got to focus on what's going on here. Talk to me about what you feel this fight means. I mean, is there pressure? I mean, you're still a young guy, but you've been around for so long, you know, and, and you've been through so many battles. It seems like people worry, how, you know, how much longer do you have? And you're saying, I, I want to get all of it I can. So is there some kind of, I don't want to say pressure, but like a feeling like I got to go out there and deliver and I got to show the world that I still belong? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, it's... Uh uh, I feel like I'm backed into a corner, and it's a corner that I can't back my. I, I, I can't. I can't fight my way out of this corner I'm backed into. There's only one thing that I could do, and that's blow these doors off the walls and just destroy this corner. And that's where my mindset is right now. I'm. I'm not looking to fight my way out of this corner. 
I'm looking to TNT, blow both of these walls off, and there ain't even gonna be a, there ain't even gonna be no corners in this in this room after I'm done. And uh, I'm I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm I'm truly ready, and I'm confident. I'm at my best. I I uh, I look at Randy Couture, who started his first fight at 36. I'm 36 right now. I look at this as the rebirth of my career. I. Uh, I do things a lot of di uh, I do things very different than a lot of MMA fighters and at 21 years old I looked at Hicks and Gracie and I looked at Randy Couture these two guys that I thought were just amazing grappler wrestlers fighters and I, I saw these guys one was a yoga enthusiast one was one was a man that was too old to be doing what he was doing and I saw these guys and I said there's something to it, these guys. Their minds, their bodies, just their their approach. There's something to it. And I said, you know what? To be great at this sport of martial arts, I said, I have to learn how to master the art of anti-aging. Because if I could make that its own art in itself, I could fight longer and therefore allowing me to to have more time to progress more time to evolve more time to adapt more time to go after my dream more time to do what i love and so with that whole process man i've came full circle so many times but the the the, the art of anti-aging i fell in love with that at a young age I, I, I went into a hot yoga class the other day. I didn't do no, no, no yoga this whole training camp, only my own stuff. I do my own stuff now, my own yoga, my own breathing techniques. I do all kinds of, I, I've incorporated so much stuff, my own meditation, my own prayer. I, I've got my own regiments now that are, they're, it's amazing. My, my herbs, my nutritions, the, the protocols that I have in place, it, it, it it really is amazing and it's something that after I'm done with fighting is something I'm going to be able to to it's fall back on it will be a fallback plan because people always want to stay young people always want to get healthy and and get you get healthy you get happy you know and the mindset of a fighter life is a fight so that's something that I have have going on for myself after fighting but the thought of after fighting is is not here in this mind the way the way it is in these other fighters that's why they've all came and gone that's why they've all opened up gyms and 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 become businessmen and and gone on to other careers when in my mind it, it that's never been an option plan a was the only way and I, there wasn't a plan B because plan A is the only only way that I'm my my vision and my focus was plan A. There may be a lot of distractions along the road and I have hit some some distractions and I have also hit some failures and, and there's been some real bumps in the roads and it's not easy. It's not easy to keep your dream alive. It's not and there was a point where I even lost it. I said, you know, oh, you know, 
you know, maybe I maybe I can't become UFC champion. You know, let's 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 be like cowboy and and just fight as many fights as we can, and make as much good money as we can while we can. But the fire in my heart, it never died for that UFC championship belt. It just died down. And right now, at this point in my career, I feel and I know where I belong. I don't belong at 155. There's a reason why I didn't win that belt against BJ Penn. That was not my destiny to win the belt at UFC 107. Now is the time of the rebirth of Diego Sanchez. And it seems like a, a real long shot because it is a long shot. It is like the Michael Bisping story, but it's not the Michael Bisping, Bisping story. It's the Diego story. And this long shot story is a story that says, I never given up. I'm not gonna quit. I don't care what the keyboard warriors of the world have to say. Oh, he, he's, uh, he's punch drunk and, and he's, uh, uh, he's brain dead and, and please retire. They say, please retire, Diego, please retire because they want me to be average like them. They want me to, to fall into that textbook of normal, normalcy. And that's not me. I am the anomaly to that textbook. I am the way, way, way outside the box weird guy that's freaking like an alien. This guy's an alien. You know, he, he's, like, he's like the Iceman Wim Hof at 52 years old running marathons in the desert without a drip of water, breaking Guinness World Records. That's the type of mindset I'm on. I'm tapping into my primitive brain. I'm tapping into, I'm doing stuff, man, I, I'm, I'm, on some, I'm on some next level mind, body, spirit, and I'm just still getting better. I'm still getting better and better and better and better. And the crazy thing is I'm so healthy right now, man. My body is healthy. My mind is healthy. I'm, I'm healthy all the way around, and I feel great. So for this fighting stuff, I'm looking to go and just do what God put me here to do. And I'm a warrior, I'm a fighter. And you know, no one knows, no one knows how long they'll live. No one knows what, what's gonna happen in their life. If they're gonna get cancer, if they're gonna get hit by a truck or a train like Matt Hughes, you know, you, no one knows, no one knows when is the next day. But for me, I'm, I'm going to continue to do what I love. And I'm, I'm living for this. I'm living for this, this dream that, that that's in my heart. And in the end, it will be like a Michael Bisping story where God gets all the glory in the end. And he's my strength. He's been, he, he's been my strength since the beginning on the ultimate fighter and I'm going to be blessed coming in and blessed going out. Inspiring stuff, dude. You can't do it any better than that, brother. Thank you, brother. Always a pleasure, hey, man. You know, man a pleasure. Hey, you know, I don't put on a front, man. I, I really, I I'm really living it, man. And these, these last seven months, man, have been freaking transformation for me, man. Like, God has given me just 
like the fountains of youth, man. Uh, I came across uh, the the Wim Hof. I, well, see, I've always done these ice baths, and they suck, man. <laughs> They're the worst thing in the world, man. And oh, they hurt, and and and, and you you can't stop shaking for like 30, 40 minutes after, and it's terrible. And, and um, I had heard about Wim Hof through through Alistair. He met him, and and he talked to him, and and he even cornered him one time. And I said, all right, you know what? These ice baths, I have an ice bath tank at my gym. And I have an ice machine. Those in uh, those industrial ice machines, they cost about 5,000 bucks. You know, like, it's, yeah, it's not something that you can just put at your house, like, without a, th without a cost. You know, like, it's a, it's, it's, that's a really good thing to have. I said, if I'm not taking advantage of this and those other fighters, they, 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 they aren't, and I am, I said, I gotta take advantage of this. I gotta do these ice baths because I'm gonna get better recovery. And, and in the beginning, it was just better recovery. Mm -hmm. heal, heal from the hard mountain runs. But I looked into this Wim Hof guy and his breathing techniques, and I found out this guy's a superhuman that they've injected him with endotoxin, uh, E. coli, and he's able to, to actually influence his anatomic nervous system his immune system, his endocrine system, you know, that's that's increased testosterone, that's increased not getting sick, that's, you know, your your your, your pineal gland, your adrenal gland, your y y the brain stem and what it, all this this guy's theories, it goes much deeper than taking a freaking ice bath. It really was really deep. And so I, I, I dug into it, man, and I said, you know what, what the hell? I said I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try because these ice baths freaking suck, and um, you know me I'm an extremist yep. man so I'm freaking doing it freaking three times a day, you know ice baths every day, and with training, bro it, it it gets better you get better you get better you get better you get better and then 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 I got my headphones on and I hear that I hear I hear this crazy freaking fifty six year old man on my earphone saying you're doing it now you're doing it now it feels good right it feels good right on right done and i'm like i'm like hell yeah i'm freaking doing it and so there, there's been that and then the universe bro you know universe god whatever you want to call it you know you have to believe it to achieve it, man. And the number one first thing is releasing the self-limiting doubts in your subconscious brain. See, it's, you you could believe something. You could be like, oh, I'm going to manifest this. Let's make a vision board. Da -da 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 -da. The secret, uh, I believe, uh, the law of attraction. Uh, but that, that, ain't, that ain't it, man. It, it's, it's the subconscious mind. You can't control the subconscious mind. So if you can't release what's inside your subconscious mind, if you don't believe you're going to win in your subconscious mind, you ain't going to win. You got to release the, the self-limiting beliefs in the subconscious mind. And that is not an easy thing to do. It, you got to tap deep into your brain. And you got to really believe, man. You got to really believe. Me, my belief is the faith in God. So, so, so that's how I tap into my subconscious mind. You know, if I'm living sinful, dude, my subconscious mind shuts me down, bro. It's like, bro, you, you don't deserve, bro. Like, like, and it's not even me. That's core value beliefs that, that I started as a kid. 
You know what I mean? I was seven years old, six years old, learning these core values. Boom, they're in there. They're, those things ain't changing, man. You know what I mean? Like Those are my core value beliefs in my subconscious brain. So it's, it's, it's all, this universe is like so, so intricate, man, and so dynamic. There's so many different things out there. There's so many different things to believe this, that, that, you know. But for me, where I'm going right now, my vision is clear. I'm heading to the UFC championship belt to, to fulfill a mission that, that was put in my heart by God at a young age. And, and I, I'm, not, I'm not giving up on my destiny. I'm, 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 I'm chasing after that destiny. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get that. I'm gonna go get that. And, and it's gonna be a good story because it's gonna be one of those stories that, that, that says, uh, every, it, it's like everybody in the world thinks it's impossible. It's completely impossible. It defies the laws of science. It defies the laws of age. It defies all this common, well-known laws. And so, wow, how? Mm. All things are possible, man. All things are possible. Sanchez. I mean, you guys still there? Say? Are you still there? Come on, man. Did you lose you? Are you? Come on. You, you <laughs> stuck through that. I know it was long, but you got to stick through that. That was Sanchez. some crazy shit. I think what it really was, it was my excellent line of questioning, especially at the end. You can really tell it was my skillful questions yeah, as an you, interviewer. You brought it out of him. You brought it out of him. Yeah. You brought it out of him. <laughs> I love Diego, man. He opens up, he shares. Uh, he's a unique cat. There's no question about it, but, but he definitely shared everything. I love it. Uh, listen, I, I said these fight pass prelims, I love them. Jim Miller making his 30th walk to the UFC Octagon. Yep. That is incredible. Against Alex White, who's a tough kid, man, no question about it. That's a fun fight. Incredibly underlooked fight that I'm looking forward to. Irene Aldana versus Lucy Pudilova. Those two, I believe, are going to come out and bang. I think that's going to be a fun fight. Jared Brooks versus Roberto Sanchez should be a lot of fun as well. Yep. Uh, late replacement there. And, of course, it starts off with Frank Camacho, who's a bonus machine against Fortis MMA's own Jeff Neal. So, uh, listen, I get it. I, I understand. Maybe not everybody, you know, loving this card at the top. But if you look at this card, I believe, again, as I said, off the, off the top, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's a good card. And it's interesting that you said that tickets aren't well, but I, I did mean to share with you, uh, when I took the Uber uh, to go over to the hotel, the driver was like, oh, so what brings you into town? I said, oh, I'm here for the UFC event. And he said, what's that? What's the UFC? Still? Still. Oh, Still ran man. into somebody that didn't know what it was. So I was, I was like, wow, okay. I was a little surprised. So maybe there is still. So we went from going Dallas is a fight town to well, I mean, Dallas I just is a town where the Uber right, the people that the people that is. are in the know are in the know, right? You know, but it still goes to show that there are still people that just don't know it. All right, well, listen, I'm what I'm in the know of is that. Oh my God, these dudes are working so hard right now. It's pretty crazy. Just, I just feel. Well, I don't feel awful because I'm enjoying my frothy beverage. And yeah. I, work, I worked hard in You're a, doing some in a, work on in a it, boy. totally different way. In a totally doing different way. Doing some work. You uh, sprawled on it like no other. But big thanks to uh, Say Sewu for having us out here, man. I, I, this, this has been a fun experience, even if we are in a bit of a fishbowl and being looked at as uh, the knuckleheads. But let's be honest, we really are. Yeah, that's true. That's what I know. <laughs> thanks for listening.